You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday, or whatever day you're listening to this to, but I'm hoping that you listen to it on Wednesday because you're already subscribing to Hashtag No Filter with me, Zach Peter. I'm excited because today we're, we're touching on a very important topic, and I have two very awesome guests who have been... Uh, very big advocates for for this issue for quite some time. One of them I had the pleasure of interviewing a few weeks ago at AfterBuzz uh, as we talked about Vanderpump Rules, which she's a new star of. And the other one is a board-certified plastic surgeon. Please welcome Dr. Elliot Hirsch. Hello. And Vanderpump Rules star Billy Lee. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Dr. Hirsch? Doing well. Doing well. Awesome. So I really want to talk about um, transgender and transitioning and the surgery that's involved, because Billy, you've actually had the surgery, and Dr. Hirsch, you perform these surgeries regularly. Sure. So before we get into the, the actual topic of conversation, every guest that comes in here has to answer my icebreaker questions, which are really just to humanize you guys, okay? Mm-hmm. So the first question, uh, we'll start with you, Billy, and then Dr. Hirsch, you can answer next. What's one word your mom would use to describe you? Lovable. Lovable. <laughs> Dr. Hirsch? Mm, my mom. Uh, actually, I think she'd probably say persistent. Persistent. That's good. Those are both great qualities. Um, give me a fun fact, Billy. What's one thing about you people wouldn't expect? Uh, that I just want to be a hippie. <laughs> what about you, Dr. Hirsch? Uh, well, I went snowboarding this past weekend for the first time in 11 years. Really? Yeah. I don't know if you noticed as I was walking in, but I'm kind of limping and a little sore. Sore? Yeah, yeah it for sure. really kicks your ass. Well, you don't think about it, but I mean, if you don't use those muscles, you lose them. Yeah. And I lost pretty much everything. So. <laughs> Billy, what's your drink of choice? Um, I like a light beer, like a lager and a shot of tequila. Ah, do you have any of those during your shifts at Vanderpump Rules at Sir? Are you kidding? Well, I <laughs> technically can't be drinking while I'm working on the clock, but we definitely have drinks before and after. <laughs> what about you, Dr. Hirsch? Drink of choice? Uh, Japanese whiskey. Mm. Yeah. I, I got into it a couple of years ago. Uh, a friend of mine was Japanese and he brought me a present and it was, it was a hibiki, um, which was pretty good. And then I yeah. didn't even know there was a thing as Japanese whiskey. I mean, I guess there's whiskey in every country. There's but... always something. There. <laughs> it was good. Good stuff. Okay. Now my favorite question. Billy, if you had to be reincarnated as a Kardashian, which one would it be? Um, oh, gosh. I, I think it would be, I want to say Chloe, but I don't even know if I have the right one. Because I get confused sometimes because I don't watch Most people it, love but, um, Chloe. Yeah, she's the most laid back. Most people yeah, vote Chloe. Pr- probably Chloe. Um, and then what's the one that's blonde? She's blonde and she's like fitness. Kim? No, like she's like really into fitness and has her jean brand and like. Oh, that's Chloe. Oh, okay. Perfect. That's it. Yeah. Her. Kim went blonde for a minute, but now she's back to dark. Yes. Uh, what about you, Dr. Hirsch? Yeah, I, I got to take a pass. I, I, <laughs> I have such a superficial knowledge of the Kardashians. I, really? I couldn't even... Uh, I, lot, they start with Ks. A lot of them start with Ks, yeah. right? <laughs> Kim, Chloe, Courtney, Kendall, Kylie, Chris, Caitlin. Yeah. Um, do you have a lot of celebrity clients? We have some, yeah. Okay. 
any any names. Well, I can't, <laughs> it's a hippo, of course. I can't can't say anything. But you know, we we see some people from time to time. So I want to talk to you about some of the surgeries that you do perform, sure. um, and some of the common ones. I think from from what I researched, trans feminine and trans masculine are some of the terms. Can you explain to me what those are and what that those surgeries consist of? Sure. The you know when you think about the transgender surgeries, you think about. Uh, which direction they're going. Are you mm-hmm. going from male to female or female to male? And so when, when I think about them, I think about um, not so much trans, male, trans, female, but which which direction are we going and how are we going to accomplish that? Okay. Billy, what was it like for you? What was that moment where you knew you wanted to make that decision and, and transition? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? There literally was a plane that went by <laughs> when you were saying that. That's okay. What was that moment for you when you knew that you were ready to transition? What was kind of like that defining moment? Um, well, it was something I was thinking about for a while, but I kind of like had a little ceremony with myself and I imagined myself on a deserted island completely by myself and no one was there to judge me. And I imagined myself naked as a beautiful woman on the beach and as a man. And when I imagined myself as a beautiful woman on the beach, uh, everything inside me lit up. My heart space blew open and it just felt completely right. And it felt like everything made sense. And that's when I decided to start the hormones. So Dr. Hirsch, is there a protocol that you follow because obviously, I mean, this is a big surgery. We're not just, you know, doing a, a breast enhancement. Like this is, you know, it, a lot of times this is, you know, really transforming a person's body. So are there any precautions that you take before actually taking on a new patient? Yeah, it's it's pretty standard that uh, the patient needs to have about a year of psychiatric evaluation, have a mental health professional sign off that they're stable and they understand what, that, what exactly we're going to do and understand that it's irreversible. So that's that's the kind of the baseline. Whether or not they've done hormones is that's kind of up in the air, and, and okay. you know, there's different different schools of thought on that. So yours is more of just the physicality, just what's well, it's actually more of the mental. Okay, you need to make sure. But that, the surgery itself is more of just the the physicality, not the actual hormones. Yes, exactly. But now that being said, having the hormones in place can really make the surgery a lot better and a lot okay. easier. Has there ever been an instance where there was a patient that regretted the decision? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Yeah. Billy, how long did it take for you to decide that that was the decision you wanted to make? Um, Like sexual reassignment surgery? I knew from the start, as soon as I decided I wanted to transition, um, I never really connected very well with um, my male parts and... uh, yeah, and it got to a point where it was something that I just really wanted um, it to be gone. So, you know, um, and, you know, I, I like, I definitely did go through the year of having a therapist and making sure everything was okay. And, um, yeah, it, it was a process, but um, I definitely don't regret anything. And I haven't met anyone that's ever regretted it. So is the surgery that you actually perform, is that... Like full, like, or what surgeries do you perform? You, I, I do the breasts very commonly. Okay. But we'll also do a lot of the facial work. Uh, okay. Like the nose. Um, occasionally we'll do the uh, the mandible or the chin. Okay. But pretty much uh, breast breast surgery is my specialty. And so um, with, with a gender reassignment or the, the trans male, trans female, uh, we do a fair amount of the breasts. 
Has there ever been an instance where a patient, you didn't think that they needed surgery, but they really wanted it? That's a good question. Uh, it, it re- what we found with our transgender patients is that the, their idea of what, especially going from, uh, from male to female, their idea of what they should look like mm-hmm. is not always, you know, it's not always what you would expect. Do they want to look like Kardashians? That a lot of them want to be overdone. And so I mean, we'll see, we'll see a lot of patients come in and they'll have been on hormones for a year and they, they may have like an A or B cup size breast. Um, but you know, when you start talking about sizes and what, what do they want and yeah. you know, the, the pictures they show and just the, I mean, it's just, they want something that's very significant, right? They don't want a subtle enhancement of the breast. They want something that people are going to notice. These are breasts and they're big. Yeah, I have to say, um, when I did my facial feminization with Dr. Gavami, I went in being like, I want cheek implants, I want this. Like, I definitely wanted everything that was overdone. And he was like, do you want to look like Billy a woman or do you want to look like Billy a trans woman that's, like, overdone? Mm. And so I just let him do his thing, and he transferred fat into my cheeks. He made everything look very natural. And I'm so glad that I had that because, you know, we do sometimes that we're not educated on exactly what we need or want. And especially when it comes to surgery. So we go in and if doctors do just whatever you want, that's, that's why sometimes we look a little crazy. Um, (laughs) so I love that you're saying, you know, people come in with one with expectations, but you have to be realistic. Well, absolutely. You don't want, like you said, you don't want to look like a caricature of a transgender person. You know, you want to look like a female or Mm -hmm. a male and you just, you have to kind of temper back expectations and just be very realistic about, you know, what, what can we do and what should we do? So how do you, how do you achieve natural looking results? Well, a lot of it's about proportion. Okay. You know, it's, and we talk specifically about the breasts, but if, if I have a patient who's, you know, 5'10", 5'11", broad shouldered, muscular, and they want to have like a double D, a D cup size breast, Mm -hmm. that's totally reasonable. We can do that. Um, at the same time, if you have a patient who's like five one and right. weighs a hundred pounds, you know they're going to look like a bowling ball. Yeah, you, not you, as realistic. You can't do that. <laughs> so, I recently have heard about the injection, or I don't know if they're. I think it's either. I think it's not Botox. It's filler that you put to like define your jawline, sure, or like define your cheekbones. Is mm-hmm. that a common thing? What do you see as the common trends right now? Uh, I think I think natural. Is what Natural. most people are going for, yeah. And, you know, you can do mandibular surgery where you basically shave the corners of the mandible, which helps narrow the face. Okay. Um, you can do that. Or, like you said, you can put in a filler that lasts about, you know, it can last a good year and a half. Uh-huh. Uh, it's called, one of them is called Voluma, which we like. Okay. Uh, and there's a lot of different variants. of They're all based on hyaluronic acid, but there's just different ways, different cross-linking makes them last longer. They're firmer, softer, whatever. But it just, you know, you can do a lot of things with fillers and avoid a bigger surgery. Okay. But it's not permanent. So, Billy, you look very natural from what I see on camera and from when I met you at AfterBuzz. Like, you, you're gorgeous. What, Thank you. If, if you are willing to answer, have you had done? Um, I had rhinoplasty, my nose. I had a brow lift. Um, I had a lip lift with my nose job and I had my buckle fat, like my cheeks, um, reduced, even though I feel like it's mm. come back cause my cheeks are fat. <laughs> um, and then I had, um, fat That's transfer. collagen. Everybody um, wants the <laughs> collagen. 
You know, I had fat transfer to my cheekbones because I already had pretty good cheekbones, but he just wanted to like enhance them a little bit and soften them up. Okay. And, um, yeah. And then he, um, uh, I think that was it really. And I get fillers now we do, we did fillers and Botox along my jawline to make it, um, you know, like you were just explaining to kind of bring it out a little bit more. So it's not so round. And then, um, yeah, he, I think that's all he did. I mean, it's a lot, but yeah. Did you have like an actual goal look or like people that you had um, aspired to look like? No, I went in just, I wanted to look like me, but I just wanted to look softer. Okay. And, um, and that's what he did. He just like shaved down my nose a little bit. So it, you know, it's just softer. He kind of just made everything look a little bit more feminine and um, soft. And that's exactly what I wanted. I didn't, um, I didn't want to like compare myself to anyone at all. So for people that are listening, let's say there's somebody out there that's actually considering having an operation done or making some type of transition. I want you each to weigh in in on this, but we'll start with you, Billy. What advice do you have to somebody that's contemplating it, but is still kind of up in the air about transitioning? Well, I mean, you know, like there are, rules for a reason. And I think definitely having a therapist and talking about it is one thing. Um, and whatever makes you feel really happy and makes you feel like in love and, and go with that feeling. Um, if you love expressing your feminine energy to a point where you want to alter your body, then, you know, if you feel like that and you feel comfortable, then I encourage that. But some people, you know, are at the very beginning stages and they're scared or they're doubting it or they don't want major surgeries. It's kind of like you just have to think about it, talk about it and feel it for a while and just be patient. Um, it took me a little bit to really wrap my head around it. And once I made that final decision, then it was, you know, it was great. It was easy, but, um, I don't want to say easy transitioning. It's definitely not easy, (laughs) but, um, it was easy to make the decision for like hormones and all the surgeries and stuff like that because I really knew what I wanted. Right. So now you've also talked about, or you've raved about your vagina and how much you love it. I remember we spent like a good 10 minutes on that last time um, we spoke. Was that kind of a instant gratification or was that some, a process that took um, some time to achieve that self-love? Cause that was obviously a big transition. Yeah, it was, it's a process. I, for sure, at first, um, was scared of it. And then, uh, I ended up, um, you know, I was afraid of it. And at the same time, I needed to go through a process of where I fell in love with my vagina and, you know, once things started healing and things started looking better and also the orgasm was really good and I wasn't in pain anymore, like all of these, all the things like I was grateful for about my vagina came into play and I really, really started to enjoy it. And, um, yeah, now I'm like, love it and I'm proud of it. And, uh, that's not for every trans person. There are some people who do not want to have a sexual reassignment surgery and, um, and I'm cool with that too. And, you know, it's like whatever you're feeling. So maybe you can help answer this as the as the actual surgeon. I don't. You, you said you haven't performed that that type of reconstructive surgery, but does everything still work the way it's supposed to? Uh, what do you mean? Like, so when you trans, so when you go from like 
male parts to female parts, like Billy just talked about, um, you know, still being able to reach orgasm. Uh, so are all the parts still yeah, technically? It can. It's it obviously it's it doesn't. It's not a penis, right? You know, or or a vagina, but the the head of the penis becomes, uh, I believe, the clitoris. Is that correct, Billy? Yeah. So there's two different ways you can do it. it it's called sexual reassignment surgery, and you um, there's two ways. There's you can invert, and or you, I went to a doctor in Thailand, and he basically takes everything apart and builds it from scratch, and he puts all of oh, wow. the nerves in um, the feel good nerves into um, the clitoris. So I've. I've, I've, um, seen, you know, different, I've heard from friends and I've seen different vaginas and I, I feel like I really wanted to go to my doctor because he, um, he did, I love the fact that he took it all apart. He took the time, even though the, the surgery was 10 hours, he built my vagina wow. from scratch and it really looks amazing and feels amazing. And, um, that's just something that I wanted, <clears throat> but you can like get, you know, where it's just inverted, um, and it's a little bit more simple, but at the same time, I didn't want that. wasn't feeling that. I think the key for, and again, it's not something I do, but my understanding is that as long as you preserve the nerves, (laughs) then that's where, that's where your sensations maintain. That's where your ability to orgasms maintain. That's fascinating. Yeah. And you, Mm -hmm. I think the, the critical thing is to do this surgery with somebody who does it a lot. Okay. And then it's not, I mean, for them, it's it, for the, it sounds like Billy's doctor, 10 hours, but probably was not a huge deal for him. He's probably done, you know, five other ones that week. Yeah. He's booked nonstop. And he also <laughs> trains a lot of the surgeons on that surgery. So, you know, it was nothing for him. It was easy breezy. Um, but also my depth, like, you know, the average depth is like three to four inches, I believe. And mine was seven. Um, and he was all about creating a lot of depth, but at the same time that made me have a lot of pressure and pain and my healing took longer. So I wasn't excited about that. Um, and you know, you have to dilate, you have to, um, you know, a vagina, like a cis woman's vagina, she, it dilates on its own, especially like, you know, if you're pregnant, it will dilate so you can have the baby. Well, my vagina doesn't dilate on its own. So you have to use a dilator in different cages when you first have the surgery to keep it open and to keep it, um, you know, just from like not closing up and, um, and then also having intercourse, like they recommend having intercourse that way. So you don't have to dilate as much. Mm. Same question back to you about advice for people looking to, um, have any type of cosmetic surgery. We heard Billy's side of, of making the transition, but what about, you know, just patients? Like if I wanted to come in and I wanted a whole new facelift, like what's mm-hmm. kind of your advice to people before actually altering their body? I, I There's basically three, three pieces of advice. The yeah. first one is make sure you're seeing a board certified plastic and reconstructive surgeon. Uh, there are a lot of no, people like med spas. Yeah, I would <laughs> probably not recommend that. <laughs> Usually a good way to get in trouble. Uh, so that's the first piece. The second piece is talk to people who have done the surgery before. Okay. I, I don't mean doctors, but talk to the patients and uh, like for our patients who are transgender and we're, we're talking mainly breasts, but we have several patients who, uh, we can refer patients to talk to just so they understand the experience. Cause like Billy said, it's a process. You don't, right. you know, especially if we're doing the breast with an expander when it's a stage surgery and we're stretching things out, 
you don't wake up with perfect breast. It's, right. It's a couple months and, and then you have another surgery. And so it's, it's a lot to go through. So just having that support network is very helpful. So let's say you overdo it. Cause I think there are a lot of people, some celebrities that like to really alter their face a lot. Mm-hmm. And some of it's a little, it's not permanent. It's not all just Botox and filler. Is there recovering from that? Or like, how do we do it in a way that doesn't like end us up on botched? Well, you know, a, a lot of that is just about the surgeon and the patient and okay. having clear lines of communication and understanding, you know, if a patient comes into my office and she looks like she's standing in a wind tunnel and her face is pulled so tight from three previous facelifts and she says, I want you to do another one. I'm, I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. You know, you've got to, there's a limit to what you can do anatomically. And like you said, there is a point of no return where if you, um, if you damage nerves, you damage blood vessels, you, you can't fix that uh, in certain cases. And so you just have to be, I guess, restraint is okay. the word. Just because somebody comes in and wants something doesn't necessarily mean you should do it. Right. Just because you can, you have to think about that a little bit. Can I fix my lazy eye? Is that a real thing? Well, I don't know. Wait, I can't. I don't remember which one it is. One of them's your, your a little eyelid? droopier. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like you're, it's pretty subtle. I, I do really? see it. Yeah. I'm looking at you. It looks like your right, your right eye is a little bit smaller than your left eye. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's your, just your eyelid position. I mean, if you came in to ask me about this, I would say surgery can do more harm than good. <laughs> um, I probably wouldn't so recommend just going it alone. After. Just leave it alone. Yeah. What is your take on this whole collagen craze? Oh, what about it? I feel like everybody's obsessed with collagen. Is it real? Is it BS? Can we take it through supplements? Can we get it injected? Give you know, me your spiel on collagen. So so col- the concept of collagen in plastic surgery, I guess more in skin rejuvenation, as we get older, we do lose it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the reasons your skin stretches. You really can't get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky, <laughs> but you know your skin stretches. You uh, you have uh, sun damage. You have aging, mm-hmm. and a lot of the treatments that we do, like microneedling or laser treatments, mm-hmm. are geared towards inducing more collagen synthesis, which gives you plumper plumper skin, takes away the fine lines and wrinkles. Um, there are other fillers now that we use when we want to volumize the face. Uh, the hyaluronic acid fillers, Juvederm. Balbella, Voluma, uh, Restylane, they're good, you know, and, and they're used, I think, more commonly now than uh, collagen is. Okay. But it's it, it's the fountain of youth, man. If you could figure out a way to uh, just get your body to, to just produce more, and that's what microneedling does or, or the lasers. That's that's why everybody does these procedures. Is there – are you ever too young to perform surgery on your face? Because I feel like I've seen people doing it a lot younger um, and I see a lot of people in their twenties that are now getting Botox because they say it's preventative. Is it a smart decision or do, should we really wait until we start to see cause for concern? So in general, um, in terms of facial surgery, like it just depends on the deg- like the issue. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, for purely cosmetic purposes, like if a patient comes in, uh, usually the classic in my area, we see a lot of 16, 17, 18 year old girls who have a bump on their nose mm-hmm. and they want it to be straighter. Yeah, exactly. Just like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could shave that down. So, so we see that fairly commonly. Okay. And in that case, you know, as long as they're done growing. Mm-hmm. So as long as, and I mean, their facial bones, they reach facial maturity and, you know, their structure is stable. So we're not going to do it. And then three years later, they're going to have another problem. 
Okay. So that's that usually happens 16, 17, 18. Okay. And then as far as the Botox goes, you know, I think the youngest person I've ever Botoxed was I would say around 19 or 20. Okay. And uh, I, I think over 18 is reasonable. You just have to understand what you're doing for consent purposes. Okay. There's really um, very little downside to doing Botox. And it's not like once you start, if you stop, then horrible things are going to happen. It's so not the case Do people really get Botox for headaches or is it more no, no, that's, cosmetic? That's real, for sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's actually very powerful for migraines. It works really ah. well. Yeah. And in fact, uh, what some, there's a plastic surgeon in uh, Cleveland who, who noticed this and then developed a whole field of migraine surgery based on the response from Botox patients. Interesting. Maybe I might try Botox next. Sure. Yeah, you know, I love I love getting a little Botox to prevent deep lines. You know, instead of waiting until all these deep lines appear where I have to get more Botox, I just do a tiny bit um, and then just prevents from, you know, the deep lines from even developing. Smart. You know, it's interesting too with the Botox, you're talking about the facial feminization surgery, is that we, we've started uh, Botoxing patients in their jaws, in the corner mm-hmm. of their jaws. Yeah. And I started doing it for patients who had TMJ or, or yeah. who would grind their teeth at night. And I'm not at that. We noticed that over time, the, the Botox will atrophy the masseter muscle, mm-hmm. so their faces look narrower. Mm. So it's it's another way of kind of achieving that that narrower, more feminine face without surgery. Ah, yes, I've had that done. I my um, uh, doctor does that for me too. Nice. Puts it in the jaw to make it. Yeah, it's amazing. Helps your grinding too. I bet. <laughs> um, no, I mean he just did it to like put it, you know, in the jawline. He just did it to kind of relax the jaw so it goes more narrow, more feminine. I mean, kind of what you just what you described. Is what he does with cool. me too. So Billy, you you went over you went through a big transition, like a, a pretty much a full body transition. Was there was the response from the people around you was it harsh at all, or how how was that after you you came out as a as a as a woman? No, I mean it took years. You know, it was a process, right. and it's very expensive, and so it you know you have to save and. You have to work and help friends help you, and um, it's a process. So when I first came out that I was going to transition, it was not until, like, I think five years later when I got the surgeries or something. So, um, you know, and over time, it all slowly happened, and it wasn't, like, a big shock or anything or a big reveal. Okay. What's your response to the naysayers, people that, you know, maybe aren't ready to accept it, but... You know what? What do you say to them? Obviously, not everybody has embraced it, and they don't see it as something that, or some people don't see it as something that's natural. And obviously, when we're altering our body, like that—that's not natural. But what? What is your response to that? Well, I mean, me personally, we're having a human experience, and we do all this stuff to our human bodies um, to, you know, feel good. I mean, I was—I feel like I was kind of forced to have all these surgeries because I just wanted to blend in and I didn't want to be picked on or, you know, I didn't want to be beat up by society. And a lot of times we have these surgeries so we can um, blend in, but also I love my feminine energy and I wanted to express that and I will do whatever I want with my body to express that. And that's my thing. You know, it's like when people, message me crazy negative things first of all i don't even really read it and i just delete them and block them Mm -hmm. but if i ever do read it and i have to think about it or reply 
this is my body. This is my life. So if if I'm walking into your house and showing you all my stuff in my vagina, that's (laughs) one thing. But I'm living my own life. And, like, it doesn't affect me that people... How has the reception been since joining Vanderpump Rules? Has it been more positive or have, you know, a lot of the haters come out? It's been so positive. I literally have messages like nonstop pouring in about how much people love me and the inspiration. And, and honestly, it's because I put out love and that that's my vibration. And Mm. that's what I, that's how I want to live. And that's what I recognize. I don't really even recognize the negative people because I'm not on their vibration and I really don't care about them. I only see the love and I only feel the love because that's where I'm at. I love that. You get what you put out, right? Exactly. Well, I'm putting down the universe that I want a gorgeous face from Dr. Hirsch. (laughs) (laughs) Come on by. (laughs) So, Um, yeah, I have to, I actually have to go. We have another call. Um, But I'm, I wanted to say, Hi to your wife, Jessica. Ah, okay. Um, because I know she's a big fan, and I think that's really cool. And, <laughs> Zach, thank you so much for having me on. Um, and I love that you're having this conversation and, you know, educating people. This is really dope, and I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for calling in, Billy. Thank you, Billy. Yes, of course. So, Dr. Hirsch, yeah. the final question that I always ask everybody or actually, I was going to ask this question of Billy, but I'll ask it of you. I think, you know, right now we're in a very um, interesting place where we're more embracing of people that are transitioning of, you know, just people of different uh, beliefs and cultures and backgrounds and, and who love who they want to mm-hmm. love. What do you think is the biggest roadblock that we have right now um, that is still that we're still kind of struggling with? to reach that greater level of self-accept of just acceptance in general of other people. I think it's, it's just a matter of time. Okay. Uh, you know, it's, if you, if you think, if you go back, uh, just in terms of history, mm-hmm. if you're looking specifically at trans history, I mean, you can go back to, um, you know, the Polynesian culture where there's in, in the, in the village, um, typically the, the strongest male son, uh, when, I don't remember how often they did this, but, my wife was a sociology major, and so she imparts this knowledge to me from time to time. Mm-hmm. But you know, the strongest male son um, would often be sacrificed to the fire god. And so, what in, in the Polynesian culture, what what the um, the mothers would encourage their sons to have these feminine traits. Okay. And so, the in in Polynesian culture, trans um, is very very common, and you see. Um, you see them and it's just part of their culture and it just is what it is. Yeah. And so I think with time, I think ultimately I hope that we will reach that same level of acceptance and yeah. understand that this is part of, you know, this is part of being human and not everybody is the same. And just with time, I hope that we accept that. Yeah. Time, I think exposure. And I think having conversations like this. Sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Thank you so much, Dr. Hirsch, for coming on and talking to me. Where can people go and follow you and learn more about your practice? Well, I'm located in San Fernando Valley in Sherman Oaks. Okay. And my website is www.hirschplasticsurgery.com, H-I-R-S-C-H plasticsurgery.com. We also have a Facebook page and Instagram, which is also Hirsch Plastic Surgery. I love it. And you guys can follow Billy at It's Me Billy Lee, B-I-L-L-I-E. L-E-E, it's me, Billy Lee. 
Go follow her and watch her on Vanderpump Rules every Monday on Bravo. And then after you watch Vanderpump Rules, you can watch me on the Vanderpump Rules After Show on AfterBuzz TV. All the links to watch are in the description below. You can follow Billy, follow Dr. Hirsch. All of those links are in the description below. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and listen to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter every Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the places. And don't forget to follow me at Just Plain Zach, all the places as well. Now, I got to go because I'm probably going to go get some Botox right now. So I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. 